Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, June the 20th, 2021. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hopefully this finds you staying safe and staying sweaty as we are in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. And it is about 230 degrees outside. So definitely staying sweaty on this end. We are going to go deep into a podcast today. Um, We'll title this... You know what is the best way to eat, and uh, I'm going to take a lot of uh, chunks of this and pieces from uh, an awesome article from Precision Nutrition. Uh, Brian St. Pierre actually threw this together, talking about macros versus calories, portions versus intuitive eating. What's the best way to kind of watch what you eat on your end? Again, PN puts out a ton of great stuff, super educational. It's a lot to obviously read through uh, and go through. Some people want to take the deep dive, some people don't. So we're going to kind of break down. Uh, the best pieces of kind of that structure, what I do, what Heather does, what we do together, you know, maybe what we used to do, um, how we transition to be in this phase of eating now. And again, just finding, you know, what is the best way to eat for each and every one of you guys. So before I jump deep into that, again, the podcast brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD is, is the CBD product I take every single night before I go to sleep. I take the dream product specifically, Heather will do an array of things that they offer, some of the oils, the salves for soft tissue. Also, the Dream product, it comes in a powder form, which tastes almost like a chocolate uh, cinnamon, like a nighttime drink, or you could do the tablets as well. Again, 20 milligrams of nano CBD, there's melatonin in there. It does not get you high. You do not wake up feeling groggy, but you do fall asleep and stay asleep, which is crucial for recovery, your hormones, and just so you're not like you know, just a negative, annoying asshole who's overtired. Nobody wants to do that. So this helps me. It helps us. Uh, We've got the founders on the podcast. Great guys. If you guys are interested, the site beamtlc.com. You can put in the code Jeremy Scott and always get 35% off subscriptions, 20% off all the products. Or if you want to try the actual dream product that I take every single night before I go to sleep, uh, hit us up and I'll have Monica send you a couple packs right to your front door. You can try it and then get hooked up with all the free stuff. Otherwise, the site beamtlc.com and the code Jeremy Scott will always get you guys a couple bucks off everything you order. And the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day, everywhere I go. Recently, we were just in San Diego. I take the travel packs. I throw them in my backpack. Honestly, I usually keep about three to five travel packs in my bag at all times, just in case I'm stuck somewhere or I forgot to take my greens, which normally when I'm here, it's pretty seamless to routine. But if we're on the road or we're traveling, I might do something different. I always have the packs with me. Uh, I'm not going to travel with 15 different pills. I'm not going to take 15 different pills every single day. This is kind of your all-in-one whole food supplement, vitamin. You're talking 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients. It has a probiotic blend in there. It's amazing. So if you guys struggle to eat 10 to 12 servings of greens and fruits a day, which all of us do, this is the easy solution. So the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, will give you guys a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. So just for ordering it, we'll give you vitamin D for an entire year with the K2, which helps the absorption rate and you guys all need that as well and we'll give you some travel packs for fun and if you've heard me talk about this 100 times or maybe this is the first podcast you've ever heard me ramble on shoot us a message fill out the contact page on the website instagram youtube facebook wherever twitter wherever you follow us and say hey jeremy i heard you talk about athletic greens i want to try it i'll have monica send a pack right to your front door you can try it then get hooked up with all the free stuff and all of you guys 
are used to taking way worse things into your body than this. In college, you used to drink Goldschlager and Jägermeister and Warmbush Light and Natty Light and all this disgusting stuff, and that was terrible for you. Athletic Greens tastes a thousand times better. It's the best tasting greens on the planet, and it's good for you. So if you used to do that stupid stuff, be smart and try these. I promise you guys it's well worth it. That's why I'm willing to send you a pack 100% on my dime so you can try it and then get hooked up with all of the free stuff. So again, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott for your supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. That was a lot. That was. <laughs> but I believe in it. So it's there. Um, but yes, we recently, Heather's here, by the way, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we were just in San Diego for a couple of days. Uh, like I said, I took my athletic greens with me. Like I tend to do, we tend to be super active. Uh, but just to beat the heat and do something a little bit different in the summertime, because it's beautiful here, basically nine months, nine out, of months out of the year. <laughs> and then now we're in Earth's oven for a while. Yeah, it's a crazy heat wave. I think we're hitting, yesterday we hit like 113 or 115, today 111, so thank goodness we have a pool and San Diego's only a five hour drive or a 45 minute flight. <laughs> it is nice. It felt so good. We just love Coronado Island. If any of you have been to Coronado Island, it's just such a mag- magical place and definitely one of our happy places. Yeah, I definitely, I couldn't live a lot of other places. But I could live there in a different reality than the reality <laughs> we live in now. Just because it's so, it is so expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot, man. And I, my, beyond even that, beyond the money stuff, which like you can work really hard. And obviously if you want to do that, it's something you could, you could make happen. I would hate because there's people like us who come there all the time and like infiltrate it. And they're like, we park in front of people's houses. There's people yeah. always walking by. It's beautiful. It's nice. It's small. It's clean. It's like its own little, it's really its own little community. It really is. Inside San Diego. It's like this exclusive beach town, but yet tourists can go, come and go as they freely. And it's just really convenient. And it's not, and it's so small, it's not so big, like where mm-hmm. if you're like in LA and you're on the 405, it's like this complete, you know, shit show of traffic, even though there's obviously traffic on the island, it's very Just small. easy to get around and walk the entire island basically every day, which felt amazing. And the weather was ideal, the beaches are beautiful, and... It just was definitely something we needed. We needed to get out of town for a little bit and just kind of reset, rejuvenate, and get back to work. Yeah, it's nice because you can walk from basically one side of the island to the other Mm -hmm. within a half an hour, which is nice. And you forget, like, it, it was warm here before we left, but then the heat wave started when we were gone. And... Maybe it's the same. I mean, I'll never forget like being freezing cold in the Midwest. That will always stay with me. And that's why I hate the snow in winter so much. That's just me. Some of you guys love it. Respect. It's like we've lived here for 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And you kind of forget how hot it gets. I always do. And so like we <laughs> it, like, were. It hits you in your face. That day we woke up. We walked uh, to the ocean. Um, hung out. It was overcast which is amazing had a long sleeve on the whole time walking on the beach nice cool breeze basically get back in the car you know wearing a pullover and then we stop about halfway which is like yuma yeah and yuma is about 400 degrees <laughs> so you get out of the car it sucks because like you start you're in like that middle ground if you guys are familiar with the west coast you drive from san diego to here and it's like el centro 
Gila Bend. Gila Bend. Yuma is there. If you know, you know. Yeah. and Spaceship Motel you, you passed by. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, you, but you open up your doors when you stop at this rest station. There's not a, it's, you're in the middle of the desert. There's not a blade of grass around. And all it is is sun. And you open the door and it's like 200 degrees. It's like an oven. And you're and like, shit. It immediately, <laughs> like you go from just being in this happy state and no worries, like island you know island vibes vacation mode (laughs) vacation mode and then all of a sudden your mood just completely changes and you're like oh great well i so we did our sunday advanced metcon this morning and uh one of our guys mike cohen walked in and he was asking about it because i haven't seen him since and he's like you know like when you're in your car and you're driving back and you can see the temperature rise Mm -hmm. so fast in your car and it feels like it's not real because you don't feel it, you're you're in your vehicle, the AC's on, but you see it go from 72 degrees to 84 degrees mm-hmm. to 96 degrees to 109. You're like, oh shit, now we're in it now. But yeah. it's beautiful here. I love it, but it is um, it is a dry heat, um, but it is still super hot. Right. For sure. So. But I'm glad we've lived our life a certain way, and we always make it a priority to go to the places that we love to escape to in the summer, and I think that's really the best way to do it here is really enjoy the nine months out of the year, and then when it is hot in the summertime, you can go to those destinations that are perfect weather, summer spots, vacation places. So Yeah, I've talked about it before. I wouldn't want to – I don't want – I don't like leaving here – if it's for work stuff or anything, when it's, you know, February, March, April, May, because it's so perfect every day. It's Same just like here. you wake up, it's amazing. But then when it gets to be one, one fifteen, I'm like, okay, I can take a couple of days and um, head out of town for a little bit. So now we're back. We are here <laughs> and we are talking what is the best way to eat and the best way to figure it out and watch what you eat and kind of navigate down the rabbit holes and finding what works best for you. And before we even talk about any of the tactics and the, and the things laid out here, my honest opinion is food, we have a podcast called, you know, eating right is hard because it is, it's one of the hardest things you guys are going to do short of like some real, you know, sad life altering stuff. It's tough to manage it because it's always changing and shifting because you're always changing and shifting. Your goals are changing. You know, you're getting older, whether you realize it or not. Some of the things you're going to benefit from, some things are going to be harder for you. That's just reality of life. And there is no one perfect way for everybody to eat. There is no one perfect diet. There's no one perfect book, one perfect program. Something's going to work. Something will work for everybody. But even that one thing, like what I do today is not the exact same thing I did five years ago. And what I did five years ago is not the same thing I'm doing today. There'll be a lot of similar traits. You're going to find something that works for your groove, but you also have to have flexibility in a knowledge base. And that's what we're going to talk about. Just understanding that. And that's why I say meal plans suck and they don't work. And we made an entire podcast on that because if I just typed up a piece of paper, Hey, uh, Cindy, here's what you eat on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. The problem is Cindy doesn't learn anything. All she is, is basically just copying and reading what we told her. And if she can't learn anything, the, the day that she misses two meals 
or her kids are sick or she gets stuck at work later or her flight's delayed or she has to do something social. Now she doesn't understand portion control. She doesn't understand macros. She doesn't understand flexible dieting or intuitive eating. And those things are important, at least when you begin to try to understand like, you know, what your triggers are, what things are going to help you, what things are going to hurt you. So we'll go down the rabbit hole here, but just know something works for everyone. But just because it worked for your friend doesn't mean it should work for you. Just because it works for your mom doesn't mean it will work for you. And I I think we have to be clear on that. And you are going to have to do some homework and diligence to find out what works best for you today next week, next month, and next year as your goals change and obviously your life changes moving forward. 100%. So with the article from Precision Nutrition, some experts tell you, you know, count calories or meticulously measure every macro. Others will encourage um, to estimate portions or you hear a lot now, especially like in the internet world or on social media about listening to your body, what is intuitive eating, mindful eating. Um, So sometimes the entire health and fitness industry really can seem divided and can get very confusing, even for me, honestly. But really, everything works. It just depends on what works for you. So yes, calorie counting will work. Measuring macros will work. Tracking hand hand portions will work. Mindful eating, intuitive eating, it all works. Um, but every method is just different and then you have to really do trial and error and figure what works for you. So most people don't really realize how much they're eating. Um, research shows people often underestimate their food intake sometimes by as much as 30 to 50%, which is pretty crazy. Well, and what I'd say is when you begin, you do have to have an understanding of, of macros and you do have to have understanding of portions. This is my take just coaching people for the last, you know, 15 years. Have like that baseline. You have to start to understand like, again, I'm a, I'm a fan of all these things. I'm a fan of intuitive eating. I'm a fan of, of portions and macros and, and the mindful stuff. But intuitive eating doesn't work if your intuition sucks. You know, like saying like if you don't have an education base, well, I'm going to eat, you know, seven cookies today, two bags of chips, and, you know, I'm going to get my chicken breast, and I'm going to get my, like, that stuff's all cool, but, like, you have to understand, like, what is going in and kind of what is coming out, at least up front, mm-hmm. to know if I do six tablespoons of peanut butter, that's, you know, calorie-wise, way worse than me eating a Snickers, and sometimes we have this idea of, like, oh, this is healthy food, so it's okay, I'm like, yeah, it's healthy food, but the amount you're eating is not healthy in terms of overall calorie intake. How dense it, it is. If fat loss mm-hmm. is the goal. And that's where I, I am a fan of just, you know, doing some due diligence. If you get a coach or you have a trainer or someone who can help you, a community, or just go on Google and be like, what is six ounces of chicken? Like, if you can get a visual of that and understand, like, how many carbohydrates are in a banana, mm-hmm. just some baseline stuff, at least of the things that you're going to eat. Not that you have to, to memorize every single food, but know what's a protein, what's a carbohydrate, what's a fat, and how much is in what you're actually intaking. And if you go to the article, the, um, Precision Nutrition's website or Instagram, they have some great infographics to um, really look at each of these methods. But I'll just explain each method just so you have an overall overall idea and definition for those that are confused about each style. Um, So method number one, with calorie counting, you have a set number of calories to eat each day based on your height, weight, age, activity level, and goals. 
With macro counting, calories are divided between three main macronutrients. So you got your protein, your carbs, your fat. Alcohol is also a macronutrient and can be tracked if you desire to do so. It's like the redheaded stepchild mm-hmm. of macros. And then method number two is hand portions. So like I mentioned before, or Jeremy said, Google what that looks like, um, but use your hand as a personalized portable portioning tool. So you're not actually measuring your food, but rather using your hand to gauge portion size. And because each hand portion correlates to a certain number of protein, carbs, or fat, this method counts calories and macros for you. So like for you guys, if you wanted to do, and again, I think if you're starting, I would say get something like MyFitnessPal plug it in there. Now, if you have like some eating disorder or some other issues, that's just not for you. This is just general information. So don't message me. I'm like, well, Jeremy, that would mess me up. I'm just sharing what I've seen work best here for people over decades of time to have an understanding. But if you're going to go the hand size thing as a rough estimate, I think that's better than doing nothing a hundred percent. And if, as you guys evolve into your eating and become comfortable, you can start to graduate and you can track things a little bit looser or do things less if you get comfortable with the groove you're finding. But what they list out here, and it's pretty much what we follow, a protein would be the size of your palm in essence. So if you made a flat hand and you drew a big circle around your palm, that would be like the protein size. The vegetables would be like the size of your entire fist. So obviously that's bigger, that's going to be denser, that's would be kind of like your veggie servings. If you're going like denser carbohydrates, uh, like the, the healthier ones. If you're going sweet potatoes, white potatoes, rice, those things, you would do kind of like a cupped hand. So you obviously make your hand a little smaller, like you were trying to put water in it. That would be those carbohydrates. And then like the fat portion, like if we're talking just fats, would be like the size of your entire thumb. Like that would be like your avocado. So you have your avocado, your sweet potatoes, your broccoli, and then uh, your chicken. And you kind of all measure those out with the palm, the fist, the cupped hand, and then obviously the thumb. That would be the easiest way to go about it if you're too lazy to hop on Google and see, see what it looks like. They should have taught this in school. Hopefully some schools do now. <laughs> Again, I'm not like, I, I don't want to bag on school, but we, and again, I've talked about this before, so people are probably like, you say this all the time. We do people such a huge disservice. And I'm not saying don't learn American history. I'm not saying don't learn geometry. I'm not saying don't learn, you know, physics. That stuff's all great. But how hard would it be to throw this into a unit of like a health class or like a communications class? or At young ages, like primary, elementary school. Like Mm -hmm. we could teach this shit to first graders easily. Mm -hmm. You're telling me these kids can't come in here and be like, okay, guys, hold up. I work with kids here all day. They play Cocomelon on the screen all day long. This goddamn Cocomelon. This is like, if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you have kids, is is a song that teaches these life lessons and then they're so terrible. Wash your hands, wash your hands, put on your shoes. This awful stuff. All super important for kids to learn. How hard would it be for Cocomelon to be played in school and be like, hey kids, here's your protein in the size of your palm. Here's the fat the size of your thumb. It's just as simple. I know. And it would it's, really cut down on the childhood of obesity rates and it would just be better off long term for the entire country at least gives people a chance Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying putting your shoes on isn't important i'm not saying washing your hands isn't important but isn't the food you put in your mouth just as important as that in understanding what the hell that is because you know teaching them that this is going to give you energy it's going to fuel your brain your mind it's going to power you throughout the day um there's so much to learn there that will help you really just be 
the best version of yourself, like as you continue to grow and to be an adult. So we teach, we teach a lot of stuff and I don't see why you just can't, you can't correlate. Oh, Hey guys, if you eat fish, you're going to be super strong. Like that's cool. Kids can, you can associate with that. And I, and I wished we did a better job of that. Maybe they're doing it in schools. Now I have not heard anything or seen anything. Somebody messaged me and obviously correct me, but this should be something you teach. Not just like it should be taught every year mm-hmm. and there should be a test. It should on be it. A, like a requirement. Yes. Because, and again, I know it might not interest everybody, but it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. No offense. The physics stuff I learned like doesn't affect me now. I don't use any of that bullshit. This affects me and you listening and everybody else listening every day because you have to eat for the rest of your life until you die. And the food you eat directly is connected to how much energy you have, how you look, how you move, how Fight you diseases. feel. Every yeah. It is every cell of your being. Sorry, that's my soapbox. So number three mindful and intuitive eating. So you hear a lot about this now. I feel like most recently, the last couple years or so, mindful eating means paying attention to the experience, the feeling, the sensations you have around eating. Practices like eating slowly and eating until 80% full are a part of mindful eating. Instead of focusing on just eating certain types or amounts of food, mindful eating teaches you how to regulate your food intake by noticing how your body and mind feel when you eat. Um, Intuitive eating is a similar system, but it rejects diet messaging and culture. Uh, Intuitive eating wasn't originally intended to achieve a specific body composition goal, but rather to just improve your overall relationship with food. Both approaches involve learning how to tell whether you're hungry or not, know when you've had enough, and be at ease with food. So this is really helpful for those that might struggle with... um, like eating disorders or just body image issues and um, get really stressed about tracking numbers, this could be a, a, a healthy approach for those people. And so when they talk about it, is it like how many times you chew your food too? It can be. I remember David Jack told me a number. I'm going to read through. There's a Healthline article that's pretty good um, about food chewing. Um, where they say 32 times is the average. And so I'm going to read through this really quick. Um, one common piece of advice is to chew your food an estimated 32 times before swallowing. It takes fewer chews to break down soft food and water-filled foods, for example. So foods that are harder to chew, like steak and nuts, may require up to 40 chews per mouthful. Or foods like watermelon and things, you only have to chew 10 to 15 times. But on average, 32 times is how much you should chew your food before you swallow it. Now, how many people do you think actually do that? I don't. Like when you're when you're with somebody, I mean, and you're mowing down shit like fries and pizza mm-hmm. or whatever. Are you even, you're just, it's like when we watch our dog eat like human food, it's like, yeah. more, it's like a chew or two and she just swallows it. And you see people do that too. And I don't think you can be mindful or even like appreciate it mm-hmm. if you're not fully chewing it. And I don't want to go super deep down this rabbit hole, but I'm going to a little bit. For you guys listening, and I think this is interesting stuff, the benefits of chewing your food. It's obviously the first step in digestion. So chewing and saliva breaks down and mixes the food together in your mouth, and it makes it go down the esophagus a lot easier when you swallow. And then obviously your esophagus pushes the food into your stomach. Your stomach then holds the food while it mixes with enzymes that continue to break the food down so you can use it obviously for fuel. And then when the food is digested enough in the stomach, it moves into the small intestines where it mixes with more enzymes. It continues to break down and the nutrients from the food are absorbed into your small intestine. And the waste is sent to the large intestine known as the colon and the leftover waste comes right out your butt. 
pretty I sick. I like the huh? sound effect. Yeah, that's uh, our budget's getting a lot bigger here, so we can do sound effects now. <laughs> um, but I thought that was kind of cool, actually. Yeah. And I, I do think the digestion is probably better. And you're you're let, because again, when you eat like steak or chicken or something, your body has to liquefy that, mm-hmm, process, break it down. And if you're eating it. humongous chunks of it, mm-hmm. I have to imagine it's a much bigger pain in the ass for your body to actually do what it has to do. If I'm like, I'm guilty of uh, eating really quickly and not slowing down when I'm hungry, like after a, a really hard workout or something like that. And you're just like, you hit that point of, I am so hungry. I need food. That's when I need to watch it because I can like consume my meal so quickly. And then, then I'm like bloated and I feel like I'm full. Um, and so you have to do what's best for you. And Well, they say too, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm just going to roll through this since we're on it. Like when you don't chew your food enough, they say it can lead to digestive problems like bloating, diarrhea, heartburn, acid reflux, cramps, nausea, indigestion, all of these types of things. So I'm sure there's a lot to be said about it. And again, if you're, I think we should appreciate food and eat it. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just for fuel. And sometimes it only takes me all of 10 minutes to eat, but I still look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's a it's a thing that I still get enjoyment from, even though I eat food for fuel. I don't eat stuff that I hate just to to get the macros in or the micros yeah. in. And there's also you know research and information out there about like not being distracted when you're eating, so you can be very mindful, and that actually will help you identify. Okay, here's when I'm full, or oh my gosh, I ate too much. Um, And so, for example, like not having your phone, looking at your phone while you're eating your lunch is like a a big one, which I'm guilty of doing at sometimes. And so just like slow down, be present, and then you'll be able to really identify um, your hunger cues and your level of satisfaction and and things like that. They do have just a couple of digestion tips I'm going to read through if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's great. I think it's helpful. Some of these, um, I don't think I am. Jeremy, both of, both of us have digestion <laughs> struggles. So Who doesn't though, really? I, I feel like most people do. It's so common. Um, I just don't think most people are even aware of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we're, again, we don't, we don't have these conversations and teach us, hey, Roger, how many times did you shit today? Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't talk about or, that with people. Are you constipated? Like, yes. can you? Or it's... You know, how many, how many times are you supposed to go to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. How many times should you go every day versus I should go every day? Should you go at the same time every day? What should the consistent, I've done a whole podcast on poop actually, by the way, (laughs) like if you guys want to listen to it. Um, and there's a great, there's there's a great book. Everybody poops. It's a bestseller. Uh, but should your, they did, they did share that in elementary school where I went. See, that's what I'm saying. Like at least, (laughs) but it's like a horse poops, a cow poops, you poop. Like I get that, but most people don't know. You know, what should the color be? What should the consistency be? Mm-hmm. If it sinks, if it floats? I mean, we could talk about poop all day. I've learned <laughs> a lot of things. Um, not by choice. It's just, it's, it comes with the territory of what we do. But if you're looking to have better digestion when you are eating, and I know this is not related to the actual topic today, but these are all helpful things. I think a lot of you guys can get, you know, something out of it. <clears throat> if you drink 30 minutes before or after you eat, um, but not with your meals, that can increase the efficiency of your digestion. And I tend to notice um, if we're out to dinner, it's probably different, which is rare. But if it's my normal life, I drink all the time, then I just eat the food and then I'll drink something after, but not typically as I eat. 
I'll maybe take a sip or two of something, but I don't pound like, you know, 30 ounces of water when I'm actually eating my food. Mm -hmm. Then they say, don't drink coffee right after a meal. They say that can speed up your digestion and send you to the bathroom. Mm, no shit. And it can also <laughs> cause heartburn and from the acidity of it, which some, and again, I never do that. I know some people do it at dinner, like a non-caffeinated. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of that personally, um, unless I really do want to take a dump. But most of the time, I don't have to. So um, they say avoid fruits and processed sweets right after a meal. The sugary foods are digested quickly and may cause gas and bloating. Good to know. It says um, eat more fermented foods like we've talked about before for you guys, sauerkraut, pickles. These things contain digestive enzymes and their beneficial bacteria helps absorb the nutrients into your body. And eating things like that can reduce the symptoms of IBS, allergies, and the different things you have going on. And then the one that I am a fan of is going for a walk after a meal, which can speed up the rate of the food. I that, love a digestion yeah, walk. <laughs> it just it helps the food move through your stomach and it aids in the digestion. And the last thing, obviously... Um, using probiotics, which obviously is in athletic greens. So if you don't take one, at least you're going to get like 7 billion um, of a couple different cultures in there. Um, bifido and lacto are obviously in there. But they say take probiotics. It'll help a ton. And obviously the things you guys already know, poor sleeping and eating habits can throw your digestion out of whack, especially when you guys travel. So taking like obviously a greens, like a, with that as a probiotic in there, made up of healthy bacteria can help you guys you know, basically reset your digestive system to, to get right again. And I would urge everybody to, that's why I talk about athletic greens as much as I do and taking a probiotic and eating foods that have these enzymes in there. Like again, the fermented things, the kraut, the pickles, the kefirs, mm -hmm. um, the real yogurts, those things are great. Kombucha. Yeah. That's huge, for, huge for me, especially, um, when I travel for work, which I haven't done in like the last year, but, uh, in a normal world, I was travel every month and so I always took athletic greens packets made sure I had um, probiotics and that was just so helpful with my digestion issues when I travel and I'm going to start traveling again here um, around the fall early fall so I'll definitely have to continue to stick with that routine um, so choosing the right method how to determine the most appropriate method comes down to picking the right tool for the right job. You can do this by asking this question, what problem does food monitoring help me solve? So think about why you want to manage your food intake. Maybe you want to lose weight, get healthier, better understanding of your eating habits, see how your diet affects athletic performance. Maybe you want to look better, achieve a specific body fat percentage, improve your relationship with food, work on eating behavior and food awareness. So it really just depends on what you want to accomplish and what approach may be more appropriate than another one. So just kind of list out those goals and then you can determine which method you want to try. Well, yeah, if you're 400 pounds, um, even if you love you know, your body and, and how it looks, you're not healthy at 400 pounds. You're not optimal at 400 pounds. So your goals are going to be different than the person who wants to put on 15 pounds of muscle. You know, if you're a you know, 75-year-old woman, your goals are going to be different than the 25-year-old guy. So you just have to know where you're at today and where you're trying to go and how much you're willing to put into it. And which comes back to something I say all the time, is the juice worth the squeeze? from a podcast we've done about the cost of getting lean, like what are you willing to put into it and how much of it is worth it for you? And, and what is it for? Is it for like looks? Is it for performance? Is it for strength? Is it just for overall better 
uh, digestion and feeling, you guys have to answer those questions. And it's probably a combination of multiple things, which brings me to step number one, you have to start where you're at. And I talk about this all the time. Your approach to eating has to match your lifestyles, it has to match your goals, and your personal preferences and like who you are and what's going to work best for you. And for a lot of people, that's kind of, you know, hodgepodging and combining a handful of these approaches all into one. And some of them might be too restrictive. Some of them might not be restrictive enough. It just depends who you are. Like for me, I like to be, you know, for most things, it's type A. It's organized. It's laid out. You're I a just, numbers person. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's cut and dry. I can see it. It's tangible. It's a metric I can measure. That works for me. Uh, so the, that's macro counting. And by essence, that is calorie counting. I know people are like, well, it's my macros. What are the calories? I'm like, if you hit the macros, dude, the calories are going to work themselves out. That's just how math is. I would not be great, especially when I was starting out. Probably now, um, but I've been in this game a long time. The hand portion stuff wouldn't work for me. Um, I would lie to myself for sure. I'm sure I would eyeball and, and make things bigger or smaller based on what I wanted to eat in the moment. And uh, the intuitive eating and, and being mindful probably wouldn't work for me at 20, you know, four years old. Today, I think so, but only because I have the base built and that's, you know, what's best for me. For some of you guys, as you go through it, you're going to find your rhythm of what works for you. So it's like, is it, you and know, it can be a combination is for sure. what, you know, the article two is mentioning. It can be, and that's what basically you and I do now is a combination of some of the, some of the methods. Yeah. I don't track macros at all, mm-hmm. ever. I can't tell you the last time I logged food in my fitness pal, probably, <clears throat> I don't know, seven years ago, maybe. But again, I did it for five years in a row on pen and paper before there was my fitness pal. So this huge spiral notebooks. And that was when I was trying to gain size. I'm a ectomorph, super skinny kid by nature. And it took me a long, now I'm older and I can gain weight. But when you're young and you're a dude, it, it's hard if you're my body type. So I'd write down everything like, okay, six tablespoons of peanut butter, a cup of orange juice. Like I would just eat everything I possibly could. So I'm like, if I can get over 4,000 calories and see where I'm at. And I think that's the big key is you have to track the food intake, at least up front for a lot of people to determine like what's a good starting point, like to, to where you're really at. What are, you know, you don't know until you track it and then you can go from there. Yeah. Well, it gives you at least targets, right. That are going to hold you in check as you kind of move through, uh, you set a baseline is what you're doing. And so if you're a person who can be consistent tracking the food for, you know, uh, a week or two weeks or whatever, you can kind of see, okay, am I gaining weight? Am I losing weight? And if not, then you can adjust based on that. And some of you will be able to do that with the portion size and with the mindful eating. But for a person like me, the tracking the macros was, was probably ideal. And as you guys go through it, if if the macro stuff is too regimented for you, uh, you know, you feel like it's too restrictive and it's too much work, you could, you know, do it for a little bit, back off of it and try the intuitive kind of mindful stuff. But you have to pay attention and have a level of body awareness Mm -hmm. that's a lot higher than if you're just tracking macros. And so what I mean is you have to really understand like, you know, what are the cues that am I really hungry or am I thirsty? How and how do I feel when I eat this food versus that? And how do my clothes feel like things like that? You probably have to eat slower Mm -hmm. than faster. You probably have to set down and set some time. Okay. I'm really going to eat and be mindful. I'm going to chew my food at least 32 times and you're going to have to stop you know, and I say eat slower because what happens is when you eat like as fast as humanly possible, it, it's like taking shots at the bar, right? It's 
10 o'clock and you, you had a little buzz, you take four shots and you're like, Oh, I'm fine. You take two more. And then all of a sudden it hits you like this wave of like, Oh man, I'm trashed right now. That's how I think about eating super fast because you're shoving all this food in your body. It doesn't even have time to register that you're full. Like it hasn't even gone through all the process. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're like, Oh shit. I feels like, you know, you're pregnant and you're going to shit your pants. Nobody wants to do that. So I would say eat slower. If, if that's the route you go, understand your cues and when you eat real food, you tend to self-regulate and stop when you're maybe 75, 80% full and then see how it goes from there. And understanding your activity level, you know, if it's performance-based or if you had, you know, a really heavy day of working out and you were burning a lot more calories, then yeah, you're probably going to be more hungry and you can eat a little bit more versus a day that you just did mobility and walked or something like that. And I think we have to be aware of that too. And that brings it to step two when you're you're monitoring and you're adjusting we've gotten away from that as a a culture a lot of people we tend to just eat how we eat and it's irrelevant of of what we're doing for work so if you're a person who you know you didn't make it to the gym or you couldn't and all you did was get in your car drive to work walk 200 steps sit on your ass for nine hours walk back to your car drove home and you know dealt with your kids in your house i don't think you probably have to eat 4,000 calories they're just, you haven't created a demand for it. Mm-hmm. But if you're out, like you woke up, you got your workout in, you know, you walked around at your job a little bit, you came home, you played with your kids and you went on a digestion walk at night. Okay. That's going to, you know, you have to monitor and adjust those things based on what you're doing and, and what's going on. So when you're tracking your food, obviously you're mindful of it, but a lot of times even the best tracking things are not always accurate. Um, they can be off by quite a bit. And that's the tough part. So I don't want to say you have to be so crazy and weigh and measure all of your food. Some of you guys might benefit from that. Some of you guys might not, but just know when you're tracking it, it's giving you a range, a roundabout number Mm -hmm. that you're going. And you might be off with, with your portion sizes. That's why I say it's nice to know like when and I talk about peanut butter so much because it's hard. Like it's, we both overeat on peanut yeah. butter. I'm way better now. Yeah. Well, so are you. Yeah. Way better. Like. But you just brought bought some the other day, and I was like, oh. Yeah, but dude, we used to, we used to eat that in a day. I know. We used to eat a jar in a day, and now it's like way over a week. I'm a big fan of the individual packets. That's and that's great. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're a person, and you, you're a nut butter person like us, and you'd see like, oh, it's Justin's almond butter, and you could eat it in like an hour. Um, Get the individual packets and squeeze one of those out and see what it really covers. Like if you're going to put it on rice cakes, which is that's basically what we do, or eat it with like a fruit or something. Take one of those packets, that's two tablespoons of peanut butter or almond butter, squeeze it out, spread it on something, and all of a sudden you're going to say, holy shit, that's not much peanut butter or nut butter at all. I've been putting on three, four times that every time I eat. So I thought I was eating 200 calories. I've been taking in 800 calories. And that's where it lets you guys start to be closer in terms of accuracy and tracking. But the apps will be off a little bit. Some things you plug in will be off. It's not the most important thing. Consistency for you guys is obviously the most important thing that you're going to do. And when you track what you eat, regardless of, of like how you do it, whether it's the portion sizes, it's mindful eating, if it's macros, you just have to eat real food. And you got to just be really diligent about what you're doing and go by how you know you're moving you go by how you're feeling, and then obviously you can 
measure the weight on the scale. Like, am I losing weight? Am I gaining weight? Am I maintaining weight? Do I feel good when I eat this? Do I feel bad when I eat this? And then simply, obviously, just adjust based on that. Until you get, obviously, the desired outcome, like I'm at the body fat range I want, I'm looking, I'm moving, I'm feeling the way that I want to, and now I've found what method works best for me. Right. It's all about just educating yourself and then using those skills that you've built over time to get to the sweet spot, which is step three. And that's what I say to you before I even move into it. There's no exact 100% way to predict how many calories your body's going to need every single day. It's always going to be changing. It's always going to be moving. But these tools are going to give you a way better estimate to kind of shoot and see what's going on. So you can obviously optimize your food for fullness, um, for satiation, satiety, for energy. And that's going to obviously be individual to the person. And I have to say this when you guys are doing this, it's okay to take a couple steps back before you move forward. And a lot of people join a program like, oh, well, it's, it's 50 days of this and I got to lose all this weight in 50 days. Who gives a shit if in the first 10 days you didn't lose any weight, but you really started to understand a baseline. Mm -hmm. This is the time where you might take two steps back to take 20 steps forward. You're slowing down the process and you're you're learning how to fish as opposed to someone just handing you fish. You're introducing positive, healthy habits. Little and, by little, it doesn't have to be like one major big change. No, and I think that's the key is just really slowing things down and learning things. We want to find something that's sustainable for your lifestyle now and teach you a set of skills you can take with you for the next you know, three years, 13 years, 30 years. And so you can start to evolve and change and learn this is the best way to eat for me now today at 22 but now I'm 32 it's a lot different and at 42 it might change because your goals might change you know typically the kids who come in here that are 18 19 20 21 22 they're eating like canes and shit and like out like eating chipotle every single day and they don't track macros and they go to like the yogurt places and they do and that's fine yeah I don't even, do you want me to say it? No. I'll say it right now. Um, <laughs> so inappropriate. Um, the, um, this is ridiculous. The, um, yeah, don't eat chalupas either or any of these types of things. Uh, no, my point is before you distracted me by being a butthead. Sorry. Um, these young kids will do that, but they're not going to do that 10 years down the line and 20 years down the line. And so what works for them, because they're, they're going to practice, they're running around, their metabolism's on high, their hormones are, you know, through the roof, they're basically on steroids, you know, naturally, they're going to be different than the 52-year-old person. But I do think it's important for them to start to learn and to understand at a young age, here's what we're doing. And above all else, I'll always say this, real food is always going to serve you guys best because you're going to self-regulate with real food. You know, you might eat, you know, four bags of fries. You might eat a whole sleeve of Girl Scout cookies. You are not going to eat two pounds of asparagus. If you cook 10 spears, you're going to eat 10 spears. You're not going to find yourself fiending, running back into the fridge and then going, you know, to grab it, putting it back on the stove, sauteing it back up and eating more. We just don't do that with mm -hmm. those foods. We only do that with the processed shit because it messes with us because the combination of fats and sugars mm -hmm. and additives, it has hooks, in, it has hooks in us where we don't do that with oranges. It's just not yeah. how we roll. And you're just going to feel so much better. Like you're not going to feel like you're sick, like physically ill, you know, when you stick to just majority of the time eating real food. So. And that's what, that's really the point I'm at now. Obviously I'm older. Um, my body's not 
the same internally as it was at, you know, 16. And, uh, and I just, I'm not willing to feel as shitty as I used to feel in most of the decisions now I make. I'm like, okay, if I eat this, the, what I think even before is like, how am I going to feel afterwards in an hour, in 10 hours, in the next 24 hours and 48 hours? That's how I try to make all the decisions. And I don't always make the right decision, but 99 times out of a hundred, I'm doing that now because I'm like, I just don't want to feel shitty. And I, and then it robs you of like the whole day. Cause you just feel so sick and, and that's just, all you can think about. You don't have as much energy. You're lethargic. Your bathroom schedule is off. I just hate, I don't like feeling less than optimal if I can help it. Now, obviously if you have like sinus infection or allergies or you get food poisoning, something, but I'm talking about the things you do to yourself. Why would you want to move and feel like shit because of something that you're eating and drinking? It's like in your control. It, it does. It can't possibly taste that good. And that's easier said than done though. For sure. It's super hard. It's very hard. And I sometimes will still make a wrong choice. I'm like, Oh, I can eat this. It'll be fine. And then you're like, oh, I'm like, fuck, I can't. And then I just, I'm getting what, but again, this has been an evolution for so long. That's mm-hmm. why I say for you guys, you have to find, you have to find a rhythm. You have to have some body awareness and self-awareness and just do an audit when you eat. When I eat pizza, I feel like whatever. When I eat cookies, I feel like this. When I eat, you know, fish and sweet potatoes and asparagus, I feel like, and so that's where you're starting to be like, okay, wow, this is really what's worth it to me. Not that you can't enjoy those foods, but you have to understand what the cost is and you have to find obviously your sweet spot. So obviously as you guys reach your goals, you can at some point transition to like self-regulating. And that doesn't mean you have to forget about calories and macros and hand portions, because if you've learned those skills, you're going to have them with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a better sense of what their macros are and what macros are in 10 ounces of bison and, you know, what macros are in three apples. And you start to understand how many calories you're taking in and you might, you're estimating, but you know, you'll find a rhythm. Do you eat two meals a day? Do you eat three meals a day? You understand portion size. Grams of sugar is huge. Oh my God, dude. Most people don't even understand that. Like, and I love to focus on that because you still can eat carbohydrates, but just pay attention to how much sugar is in everything and what you're consuming. Well, and you should like, mm-hmm. I don't see like people like, oh, you shouldn't eat fruit. That's fucking bullshit. No. Like, why would I want to live in a world where I can't eat a banana? I know. It seems like misery. Like, again, that I need to say this to everybody. I don't know what diet you're on. I don't know like if it's keto or how many, you know, carbs you're, you're trying to eat or not eat. And if you want to spend those on cookies, that's fine too. I'm a fan of, you know, if it fits your macros and flexible dieting. But no one ever got fat from bananas. Nobody. I have never met anyone who's come in here and said, Jeremy, I got 60 pounds to lose. (laughs) I don't drink alcohol. I sleep great. I exercise every day, but I'm addicted to bananas. I eat 26 bananas a day. That has never happened ever, and I don't see it ever will. So don't feed me this horse shit that you can't eat fruit because it's full of sugar and it's bad for you. That's fucking nonsense. It just is. You need to be mindful of how much you put in your body, but that's usually not the thing that's tearing you down. Right. You can't add the M&Ms and two bottles of wine with your fruit. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. If it's just a fruit, you're okay. And so as you guys do this, there's an evolution that you're going to go through, and that's when you start to become what I call like a health person or a fitness person. You have this increased uh, awareness of your body, how it looks, how it moves, how it feels, and the food quality you're putting in. That's why I always beg on real food. And you might, you know, you might not actually go out to dinner and put a piece of fish on your palm, but you can eyeball it. You look at your plate and you go, okay, that's, that's about how much protein I need. 
And so you start to have these internal guidelines as opposed to all the external guidelines that you guys obviously used to use. And so again, obviously you become more mindful as you build out your meals, your understanding like this is what real food is. When I eat this, I'm going to feel this way. I'm going to look this way. And then the byproduct is if you do it for long enough and it's, you know, either at a calorie surplus, if you're trying to build muscle, if it's a calorie deficit, you're trying to lose weight, then you're going to start to look the way that you want to look. And that's when the real significant body changes are going to happen. Um, but again, you're, you're still going to use some of these methods even as you graduate through that. But it's just going to help you guys set a base. And then you're going to find what works best for you if it's keto or intermittent fasting or just eating real food at three meals a day or four meals a day or whatever the thing is, you're going to find your rhythm. Yeah, and it's taken me years to understand my eating habits, my triggers, educating myself, applying various methods to just see what works with my own lifestyle and goals. Um, growing up, like working out was never the problem for me. Like I love being active and but at the same time, I was never a genetically thin girl. I have more of a stronger athletic body type. So I always had to work for it. And growing up playing sports, loving the outdoors uh, helped me a lot because, you know, I started playing soccer when I was like five years old, all through high school um, on competitive leagues. So I'd be playing year round and which helped keep me from gaining a lot of weight. But at the same time, you're eating for performance. Like I just remember you know, the team, we would stop, we'd be on our way traveling to a game. And then we we go to Subway and we would, I would eat like a whole foot long sub. And I like never do that now. Would you get the chips and the drink though? Oh, and the, and yes. the cookies or no? Like the whole package. Now think about that. Could you imagine doing that today? No. Like if we stopped like on the road and like, Hey, we're going to get a, I'm going to get Heather a foot long sub <laughs> and some chips and a drink. It actually sounds real cookies. good right now. No, it sounds amazing. <laughs> But it's just weird like that you did that as a young kid and now you don't. Yeah. And so, so then, you know, I get into college and then I start packing on the pounds. Like I struggled, obviously, you know, you're partying, partying all the time. You're overeating on crappy processed foods because it's cheap and you have no money. Um, what, I you, had, what are you drinking those days? A lot of water? Not, not a lot of water. No. What was <laughs> Some your, bush light. Yeah, there you go. The good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and so, you know, then you, then I started having issues with like binge eating or stress eating, like emotional eating. Because what would you do? Like when in college, like you go out on Friday night, Saturday night yeah. and you, you drink too back much. Back to back. So you drink too much. Do you go to sleep hungry or do you eat at night? No, and eat. We come home, me and my roommates and we like literally eat pizza or bake like a cake. No joke. Hmm. Like Funfetti yes. <laughs> was our thing. Your go-to. <laughs> Yeah, horrible. So then I was probably like my heaviest senior year. Did you ever put a pizza in the oven and fall asleep? No. Because it turns into a little black circle, by oh the way. Because it just keeps cooking and cooking. But you'd wake up the next day and what would you do? Work out? I was always active. Like I feel like I would always go to the rec center and that that helped a little bit, but obviously not enough. Um, and so once I got out of college, I realized, okay, I need to figure this out because I accepted a job. My first real, real career uh, moved out to Arizona. I was doing an office job five days a week, sitting on my butt and not being super active. And I'm like, I really got to understand the nutrition side because um, with the hospitality industry, you're entertaining clients all the time and you're going out 
to lunch all the time or happy hours with coworkers. And, and so I really needed to figure out what would work for me now that I'm like entering adulthood. With the best food and the best drinks, by the way. And it's always free. Yeah. It's the best stuff you're exposed to. I, it could be so easy to be 300 pounds if oh I worked in hospitality. I know. I would not be this person. Yeah. Sorry it's, to interrupt It's you. always a struggle. But uh, I've learned a lot over the years. I still have my challenges, though. And I'm not perfect. No one is. I'm human. <laughs> but uh, so I met you. And then it was like you were starting to get all these different nutrition certifications. This was before he started the business is when I met him. He had a regular corporate job. And then I started like learning more from you, but also like researching on my own and um, educating ourselves. And then you opened the business like a year later. So then it was even more so because you're working with clients. We started like transformation online coaching programs, which I, I would join and that helped me a lot to understand um, my own, you know, macros or calorie ranges and, and depending on my goals back in the day. And we just got to meet so many like mm-hmm. smart fitness professionals, in my opinion, the smartest people like in the industry and just here from doctors and physicians and, and nurses and medical with, people. partnered with like Kim, who's a nutritionist oh yeah and we just have we have a great network so like if i don't know something we could ask and i I would urge all of you guys to do the same thing like if we are an outlet for you that's great but when you start to hang out with fitter people and healthier people you start to you know iron sharpens iron you start to kind of do what they do and you learn from them whether you're leading from the front sometimes or sometimes they're leading you but you can ask questions and Mm -hmm. ours was even like way before that it was like yeah i'd understand body manipulation how to track macros and how to like look a certain way, but not understanding the power of all the vitamins and minerals and micronutrients. And that typically comes from people who are in the game and doing it for health reasons first and vanity reasons second, which a lot of young people start out in fitness, and I'm generalizing here, to just be ripped and shredded or leaned or toned to look good, but don't give a fuck about the internal health stuff. And I think if you can master the internal stuff, the external stuff's going to come. Right. And now I would say at age 35, I have a combination of my eating style methods. Like I, um, if I really was planning to do some, like a big event, then I would track my macros because, um, that's just the quickest way for me to, to hit a goal. But I also can struggle with that and be too hard on myself. So I like to know, have a good idea of how many calories I'm consuming each day based on my activity level. Um, definitely I've been doing more of the mindful intuitive eating approach and listening to my hunger cues and figuring out, um, you know, how hungry I am and, and based on how much food I'm going to consume. So that's been working well. Um, what else? So, you know, back in the day, like late twenties, early thirties, I kind of would get more obsessed with like the fat loss percentage or the number on the scale, which I've gotten a lot better. I do like to do it every now and then just check in with myself to see where I'm at. Um, but I want to just focus on being strong, healthy, both physically and mentally, and just continuing to feed myself, fill myself up with like nutritious foods, um, for optimal health and, um, just energy is huge. (laughs) Yeah. And when you guys eat, like food is important and it's vital, but how you look 
is not everything. And a lot of people get really wrapped up in that. And I get it. You got weight loss goals and, and fat loss goals and, and muscle building goals. And being a female, it's just constantly, I feel like, on your mind because of we're, but you we're have women. <laughs> but you have to just approach it from a standpoint of like, I'm going to be really healthy. So I'm going to do mm-hmm. something that makes me feel a certain way every day and helps me get better quality sleep and helps me with stress management and helps me have a better outlook and mindset for life in general and just about my body and the food I'm putting into it that allows you to move regularly so you're not dragging ass and not hating your life if you're restricting constantly all the time because I think if you do that you go so far the other way and a lot of people will do things like that where they're so restrictive during the week and they're depriving themselves of what they eat. The calorie count is too low. The macros are low. And it they're kind of disguising it as like, oh, I'm doing amazing and I've been eating perfect. And it's so restrictive. And they're just looking for this release, right? And so maybe like Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, they're perfect. And Friday, most of the day, they're perfect. And then Friday night comes and they're like, fuck it. And they eat whatever. And that bleeds into Saturday. And then Sunday, they wake up kind of feeling like shit. And they're like, well, fuck it. I'll just start on Monday. And all that hard work you put in is basically erased with a surplus of extra Mm -hmm. calories. And a lot of people are guilty of that. And I am too. Like, it still happens to me now. And it can be very frustrating. I get... um you know, just mad at myself when I do do that. So it's just know like you're not the only one and uh, it's definitely a learning process. And I right now just, I really try to focus on being lean versus skinny and making sure I do lift, incorporate heavier weights um, when I am training and just make sure I maintain strong bones for the future Um, I do love, I do love actually enjoy cardio. So it's never really been an issue. Like I do like to do a run, go to the track and do a sprint workout, go hiking, walking, biking. So I'll mix those in throughout the week too, depending on how I feel. Um, but I guess for me, it's like, I'm not a fitness professional. I don't do this for a living and I'm, but I'm married to one and we own a gym. So sometimes I can put more, put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, Oh, I'm not achieving these goals and I need to be better and I need to look better. And, um, it just can be difficult when you're in the industry and with social media. And, uh, you know, I, I try to balance, I have a full-time corporate job and then I help him out on the side with the business over the years. So it, it can be a lot. Um, and I just really try to focus on just being consistent with my routines and not, get sucked into the comparison game, which is easy to do. But uh, learning to set boundaries has been huge. Paying attention to how much, like what I'm consuming. Um, Is it helping me feel better or worse? And and setting that up um, for yourself, I think is very important for like the mental health aspect in your relationship with food. Well, and I talked about this yesterday for like, you know, just a handful of minutes. You just have to, all of you guys, you have to appreciate where you're at today, regardless of where it is. If it's 100 pounds overweight, if it's 10 pounds overweight, if you want to gain 30 pounds of muscle, you know, if you're the kid who's 25 and you want to be jacked and ripped at the same time, bro, give it time, dude. I was once you, you're going to get there if you're just consistent and diligent. And the person who's 100 pounds overweight, just give it a year. We've worked with people just like you. It can happen. I go, but you can't be looking on Instagram 
and Facebook and wherever else you look or at the gym, like, oh, well, look at that person. That ain't you, dude. Or comparing yourself to, like, what I'll do is compare myself to a couple years back when I felt really good about myself and I maybe ha- was a little bit leaner and then I'll be frustrated because I'm like, oh, I need to get back into that groove, you know? But I'm also older, <laughs> and it's like well, life, depending on the season of life that you're dealing with. and. But you have to look, and again, not that you can't get to that. Like, I'm a big believer if you can get to basically whatever body fat you want to get to, within reason. Um, obviously, there's, there's certain extremes for certain people. Some people are leaner than others. Some people are, are heavier. But you can probably build more muscle if you're if you're not that person. You probably have a better ass or better hamstrings, or you can be, you know, best. There, there's always a benefit to one way or the other, where you're an ectomorph, endomorph, or mesomorph. Everybody has a little bit of something in them, and you have to work with what you got and play to your strengths. But when you're looking at yourself, well, when I was 25, I'm like, you're 47. You're not 25 anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, like, yeah. get over it. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> when I was... 15, I could play seven basketball games in a day, play baseball for seven hours, ride my bike everywhere. I could run around. I could do everything and I wake up the next day and do it again. Now, if I play basketball for in two hours, I can't fucking walk like for four days. Like we did it in oh Coronado Island. Like, it's just... We were on the basketball court because the Marriott Resort there has... The beautiful, awesome beautiful corpo. wellness center, it's rec amazing. center. And I, like, challenged Jeremy. I'm like, can you still dunk? And I thought... He's like, yeah, film me. Film me do these, like, basketball drills and dunking it and uh and i was like so nervous the entire time filming him because i was like oh my gosh he is just a lot he's not super old but he's getting there way older than when when you met me i just was scared that you're gonna hurt yourself like rip or tear something i mean we're (laughs) in that fucking stage now Mm -hmm. um but well honestly like i've I've joked about that like i've talked about here before like we would play um, basketball with our and the nocturne with our friends every fourth of july we get together these 30 dudes i grew up with and we'd all just play basketball and even like my buddy Dave and I, who worked with me in this business for a long time, him and I would just be like, we have one goal now. Just don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's literally the conversation that we have. And we are people who played sports our entire lives. And we're always just, you know, naturally athletic within reason and, and, and are strong and have trained and know all the things. But it isn't the same. I can't look at myself, you know, hey, at 22, I could do this. Yeah. And I'm an old man now. And I can still do a lot of that shit. But only in short bursts and the recovery is not the same, right? Like it, it, I basically, my knees are still sore from the other day. And I was like, you know, almost damn near a week ago. It's just, it just, we can't compare to our old selves Mm -hmm. and like what you think your prime or best was. I'm not saying, and again, am I going to get back to being a, you know, as athletic as I was at 22? No, that's not going to happen. I think I'm in overall better shape. I'm healthier, I'm happier, I'm smarter, I'm more mindful, but it just isn't the same. So if you're 42 right now listening and say, well, when I was 19, I'm like, yeah, dude, everybody at 19 looks great and feels great because you haven't had enough time to fuck stuff up yet. You haven't had any real life stress. You haven't had kids. Nothing has basically come your way. But you can be as fit and healthy as you can be at this stage Mm -hmm. in your life. And you have to understand that and what you're willing to put into it. And maybe you, you did look your absolute best at 25 but you were fucking miserable and you hated it and you weren't healthy about it joy you were you know drinking energy drinks all day and pounding coffee and doing four hours of cardio and popping fucking adderall and eating too little and you thought you looked great but you're the unhealthiest human ever now you have ramifications from that as you get older so i always say approach it from a health standpoint and if the numbers match up 
it's going to roll the right way. And then you can start to work on the things, but you have to do it the right way. And you can't compare to the other people in the gym or on the internet or how you think you used to be, because sometimes we romanticize how good we used to look, how good we were at things. We do that as humans. Yeah, totally. You'd be like, oh, when I was this age, I'm like, no offense, you looked fine when you were younger, but you look way better now. Mm-hmm. Like you personally. No, like thanks. you look way better today than the day I met you. Oh, well, yeah. It, it ain't even close. Well, yeah, to. you met me right after but how old, but, how, but how old were you? 23. Three. So imagine that. If I told you you're going to be 36. At 36, you're way better than you were at 23. I'm 35. Let's not age You're me. getting close. Quite yet. You're getting close. <laughs> um, but I'm saying though, like imagine that. And, at, and I think at 40, you'll look way better than you did at 23. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about, you guys. Like there, if you do it consistently over time, you're going to be just fine. But don't be in a rush and don't be comparing to what other people's stages are at. To, I've learned to give myself grace and learn from my challenges. And, you know, if you fall off the wagon, pick yourself right back up and get back to it. Um, focusing on progress, not perfection is huge. Uh, understanding, yeah, like you mentioned, just what season of life you're in. Like if you got a new job and or you just had a baby or um, some big life change, you know, just be patient and then just slowly start to incorporate getting into a good routine again and and then and then go from there um because i mean what does that do when you're comparing all mm-hmm. the time i, I it like it can take up so much energy you've done it before oh yeah when you're younger and so i'm asking like when you're doing that and you're on again our life is probably different i hang out with the fittest people mm-hmm. on the planet like some of our friends that we've worked with forever some of the fittest humans guys girls you name it so it gives you this distorted perception of reality yeah like when you're at a dinner and you're at the table and i'm like everybody here is like super super fit this is like this is ridiculous and they don't have normal corporate america jobs no we we <laughs> we do this for a living we eat breathe sleep fitness like again like i'll use the example like we've been out to dinner me me you hannah uh bj alexia these are freaks they're freak humans. Nobody could be like, everyone at this table is normal. None of us are fucking normal. This is all we do. Like, we're crazy people. So you see that and you're like, well, that's what I should do. No, it is not. I'm the first yeah. person. You do not want to do what I do. You do not want to eat and train the way that I do. Unless you do this for a living, this is not, yeah. the juice is not worth the squeeze for you. But you would compare when you were younger. Mm-hmm. What did it ever do for you, though, other than make you feel like complete shit? Yeah, it was not fun and not healthy and you know coming from someone that's worked uh, for 13 years in like an office type job thankfully I work remotely which is great because it gives me flexibility but at the same time still from you know eight to nine hours sometimes 10 hour days I'm sitting in my office on my computer or I'm traveling um, and it's a lot and it's it's hard because you can't compare yourself to yes yeah, someone that does it for a living because it's completely different um so i've learned to just accept that <laughs> and um but that goes with everything in life you guys this is your body is the same as when you do it with your neighbor's house when you do it with somebody's car when you do it with their vacation it's just, you're never going to win. It's only going to make you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. It's a lose-lose situation, especially with your body because there's so many things that go into it. I could talk about this all day long. And I am i don't know how many fitness people are real about it. Like, I try to be as much as I can. Like, I do this every day, you guys. i am I literally create an environment that would allow me to be successful doing this. 
like everything I've done has revolved around this for so long. I don't even know how it would be if I didn't do it Mm -hmm. and how to be normal. And I don't, you know, I think we all have like some kind of eating disorder. I feel is, is healthy and is best of a balance I have now than I think I've ever had. But with that For said, sure you would do. yes, but I'm super mindful of everything I eat and drink mm-hmm. all the fucking time. Yeah. I don't ever, creature of habit. I don't ever mess up if I don't want mm-hmm. to. And I'm just, it's very regimented, but I also come to a building that I bought that I filled with all the shit that I want to work out with. And a huge part of my day is coaching people in fitness, taking them through workouts, then working out myself and then filming workouts for all of you guys. So literally my entire life revolves around it. It'd be like me trying yeah. to go to like Heather's job and logging on and being like, uh, I could, that's my point though. I could do Heather's job so terribly. They'd fire me in a fucking week. She could come here and she wouldn't be fired. That's what I'm saying to you guys. Like you could all come here and you wouldn't do this as well as I do it, but you could do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I can't do your job. I don't walk into an attorney's office and be like, I want to be the best attorney in six months. But that's what people say when they come in here. Well, Jeremy, I'd like to look like you in three weeks. I'm like, well, fuck dude. So would I like, I'd like to master everything else come, too. Come back in 13 years and then it's tough, <laughs> put right? In the work. Like it's, it's, re- and that's why I say you can't compare to the things you see because a lot of times it's that person's entire life and existence. This is how we make money. Most of you know me from the shirtless guy on fucking Instagram or men's health or whatever. So that's what has to go into it. You don't have to compare to that. You're much better at so many other things. And, and I just, I have to throw that because a lot of people will make it seem like, oh, you can do this in six months or a year. You can't. It takes real time effort, sacrifice, and dedication. And you can get to be super healthy and fit for whatever your ideal is, but that's not like anybody else's. Right. Do you want to touch on like what you eat in a day on average? I know you've done you've done a podcast um, recently. Do you want to do yours first? Sure. So we got some questions about it, and I think in one of the last podcasts I did, I didn't really sp- have good specifics to lay out there on that episode. So basically, real real quick, I wake up usually at six a.m. or before. I drink my coffee. I love like a nut pod zero sugar creamer. It's like a mix of coconut almond milk. Or I'll just do plain almond milk or coconut milk in my coffee. If I feel a little hungry, then I'll eat like maybe a little bit of peanut butter or have a small piece of like a perfect bar. But most of the time I just do coffee, water, then I head out to work out early in the day um, before I start my work day. Then I come back and around 9 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. I eat breakfast. So usually I do like two eggs, a half a pouch of low calorie, low sugar Um, oatmeal with like some chia seeds and cinnamon or I'll just eat the other half of the perfect bar sometimes I'll do like add chicken or turkey sausage if I've had a really um, heavy workout or um, sometimes if I don't feel like eating food I'll just do like a green smoothie with athletic greens and j-lab protein powder and then I'll just have that for my meal Um, the days that I do make eggs or have like chicken sausage or something like that, then I'll just do athletic greens with water and lemon and just drink it plain. And then I'll do lunch around like 12, between 12 and two, depending on my work schedule. Sometimes I have, especially now a lot of like virtual meetings during the lunchtime hours. So what I've been doing lately is just running over to salad salad and go it's like a healthy drive-through nearby near our house and so or chop chop and I'll get like a either a healthy bowl you know filled with cauliflower rice and veggies and chicken or shrimp or turkey or I'll do a salad um, 
from those places or just make one at home. We've been buying, Jeremy bought the egg wraps, which are great, um, low calorie, high protein wrap. What are those? Bro? What is I don't know what brand the brand called? name is, but it's at Sprouts. And I then sometimes I'll buy the Siete ones. They're like made with cassava flour. So those are great to fill with like meat, veggies, whatever you like. And then I'll usually have like a Kavita, low sugar, kombucha, sparkling beverage that I enjoy. Um, and then I always like a little something sweet after. So either some mixed berries or like a dark chocolate cup if you know the perfect bar brand they're so good they're Oof. found in every store in like the refrigerator section usually by the produce or by the kombuchas but those are awesome dark chocolate sea salt yeah the dark chocolate think, peanut butter cup i think those are better than reese's dude i really do yeah so i like those better than reese's yeah and then if i need a snack some days i don't but then i'll just do like veggies hummus cauliflower dip or um, pickles, peppers, cucumbers, carrots, things like that. Um, deli, healthy deli meat, um, or maybe just like a handful of almonds, cashews, or do like a rice cake with nut butter. Just giving you some examples. Um, and then lastly for dinner, I usually eat between five and 7 PM. Again, I'll make either a healthy bowl filled with cauliflower rice, veggies, chicken, shrimp, Jeremy either will grill some nights. So I know someone asked a question on like, what's our standard go-to dinners so he grills all the time so grilled steak carne asada salmon um we'll always do some sort of veggie on the side like a brussels sprouts or asparagus um and then what else i then i'll usually again have a piece of dark chocolate or finish the other perfect cup (laughs) for my treat um and then on the weekends, we just splurge. We try to splurge a little bit, whether that's like in and out Burger or a fun restaurant or grab some treats from a bakery or a place like Crumble Cookies. <laughs> we'll do that every now and then on the weekends because um, you got to enjoy your life. <laughs> and I guess for me, my weaknesses is definitely wine. So sometimes I need to be better about mod- moderation with that because um, I don't want to ruin all the hard work that I put in with my fitness, um, I can easily over snack too. Like if it's in our house, popcorn, chips, fries, ice cream, which we try to not have it in our house because both of us, Jeremy and I will, will just continually snack on it. So that works for us. Some of you guys are probably better about portion control with that stuff, but, um, that's basically it. I've just learned throughout the years what foods make me feel good and what causes issues. Like I mentioned, I have some digestion issues and I don't want to feel in pain or sluggish or just gross. Um, I've been tested for food allergies before, so I highly recommend that. I'm gluten sensitive, dairy sensitive. So majority of the week, I really try to limit my dairy and my gluten too. Oh, the, um, the wraps are egg life is who makes them. Oh yeah. They're they're, great. They're literally, they're, they make a bunch of different ones. I just got the basic ones because I don't know what they throw in everything else, but it's basically an egg white wrap. That's essentially it. They're 25 calories a wrap. They're five grams of protein. Um, I can't see the ingredients, but it's basically like just whatever the binding agent is and egg whites. There's no gluten. There's no shellfish. There's no fish, no soy, no milk, no tree nuts, no peanuts, no wheat. Basically it's essentially just egg whites. Uh, and it's easy to wrap stuff in them. They're actually pretty good for what they are. Um, but we just started doing those the other day, which are nice. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, you guys know, I've talked about it before, I eat like twice a day. Sometimes it's just once a day. And uh, it's usually the same kind of stuff. Um, if it's eggs and like another kind of protein, like whether it's like a ham or a steak or ground turkey or something, uh, chicken sausage thrown in with it. Um, maybe if I have some veggies laying around, I don't have a lot of time if it's the first meal of the day and I'll do like, you know, oatmeal with like berries and like a cut up a banana in there, dump cinnamon all over that thing. I'll have like a perfect bar too. I love the perfect products. They're great. They're addicting though. So be careful mm -hmm. if you buy them cause it's easy to eat like Multiple. more than one and they are pretty calorie dense when they start, uh, kind of adding up and then dinner that usually second meal is my bigger one usually. So, uh, it depends if it's like I do a lot of steak. I do like steak again, like she said. We'll do salmon. We'll do veggies. Um, Shrimp. Yeah, depending on uh, the cauliflower rice, those things. We do this place called Bowl of Greens, which is it's a ton of food they give you. Yeah, Bowl of Greens is great for dinner too if you're on the go and you don't have time to make a meal. Yeah, basically they just give you like a half a pound of chicken. It's like marinated chicken. It's amazing, actually. Yeah, and then like the most amazing hummus, like garlic hummus and. Their veggies are good. Their sweet potatoes. Whatever are really kind of good. rice they put in there too is awesome. And I try to get the rice if it's like for a worked out, so I'll throw that in there. But I eat probably, you know, a pound and a half of meat uh, every single day for sure. So that is a lot for a lot of you guys. But again, I'm a bigger person, so it works for me. And then the carbs, I just kind of go, you know, based on what I did for the day and how I'm feeling too. Because um, some days like I'll go and I might not eat enough and the next day I'm like starving way earlier than normal. But I don't eat breakfast. I don't really eat lunch. If I eat twice a day, it's usually between probably 2 o'clock and then the last meal is like maybe 8 o'clock. So that's usually my window. And I like to eat more at one time as opposed to just the smaller meals because I'm not good with snacking. Because once I start eating, it's kind of like in uh, an avalanche and it just kind of all goes downhill from there. And that works best for me. If we do other stuff, we try to do single serving things. So if we buy... Perfect bars, we buy like maybe a box of four. Or you'll buy, you know, two bananas or a couple apples. Yeah, because I don't, if it's there, I'll feel like, okay, I can just keep eating it. And that's just, that works best for me. Um, if we do buy things like, you know, rice cakes, I'm pretty good. I don't eat yeah. more than like one or two at a time. I was going to mention that we go to the grocery store a lot um, throughout day. the week because we don't like to just stuff our fridge and our pantry with like all this bulk food. Um, first of all, I'm really picky about like my produce and my greens and all of that. I want it to be fresh. And I feel like after a few days, it's kind of like gets gross. So we try to just do that. And that also helps, I guess, maintain portion control too a little bit. Well, yeah, when you don't have and lying around all the time. No. And I like the single serving stuff, like where if it's even power crunch bars, like you just have a couple, there's not, you know, four boxes. I don't do like the smart and final or Costco route and Sam's club. That's way more economical for sure. And we don't have kids, so it doesn't make sense for us. No, it, but it would cost me way more. Like I would, if I had a giant box of like goldfish sitting in the, it'd be terrible. Cause I'd want to dig my little greasy hand and in cereal. there. Cereal. Oh my, there's no way. Like I just can't, it'd be really hard to be around it. If it's open, if it's not open, I'm okay. But that's what we do. Uh, and then we have to actually go out and grab the stuff if we need it, which is annoying for sure. But you're way more mindful of what you eat. And I think your food quality is probably better because you're making it in real time. You enjoy it. You appreciate mm -hmm. it. It becomes this process. And I found, obviously, like, you know, this is the oldest, obviously, I've ever been. And uh, overall, in terms of, like, being lean and having muscle and feeling good, like, 
I feel like this is the best shape I've ever been in in my life. And I'm the oldest I've ever been. And that comes obviously from, you know, training forever, but just being so much more mindful of, of how I eat. And even when I don't eat stuff, that's perfect. It's so much better than it used to be because I'm like, I'm really understanding if I eat this, I'm going to feel this way. And this is what's going to cost me. And we don't keep stuff in the house. If we like get chips or something, we try to buy like the smaller bag of chips mm-hmm. And like if it's popcorn, like the individual bag. So you have to actually feel like a butthead because you made six bags of popcorn and ate all six. Or so. like the um, the ice cream bars that are like the healthier brands. Um, Enlightened. They're like individual packets instead of buying like a big Pint. tub of or, ice cream. Or even real ice cream. Yeah. yeah. And you just start to feel better when you do things that way. But it's, it all comes down to what you guys can do with your lifestyle and your family and your kids and the things that... But you have to, and again, I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to tell people what to do. When it comes to this, you can't pander to an audience. You, you can't bend for your husband or wife, and you can't do what everybody else wants you to do because this affects you. It's your body. And how healthy you are and how you feel. And I know this might go against like what people were taught. Like, I remember, I'll tell the story. I think I've told it before in here. I remember as a kid, like you go over to your friend's house and like my family didn't do a ton of like dinners or your grandma's together. Yeah. Well, my grandma was always super cool. Oh, my grandma liked to shove food at you Okay. and you have to eat it all. So like, <laughs> so my best friend, like I would eat dinner at his house, like four nights a week. Basically his parents were like second parents to me. Um, they always made good stuff for the most part. And I liked everything they ate. So it was cool. And if I didn't, I could just bail. Um, but I had this one friend when I was really, I had been like fifth or sixth grade and we were friends with them. And his mom made spinach lasagna. And I mean, my God, that's the first time I sat somewhere and I gagged and choked down every fucking bite of this disgusting ass spinach lasagna. And it was so horrible and I'll never forget it. And I remember I went home and I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm just puking my ass off as a little kid. Now, I don't know if it was from that, but let's, you know, call a a spade a spade here. And I literally have not ate lasagna since. Wow. My entire life. Not even like, not in Italy, not anywhere. I didn't even try it. It's off the table. And my point being is I'm not a fan of like when you show up somewhere and well, everybody's eating this, you don't have to do it and you don't have to partake and do it the way that they're doing it. There's a lot of people who push drinks, which I think is fucking ridiculous. There's a lot of people who push food on you, but your goals aren't their goals. Your body type's not their body type. You don't digest and process food and you're not on the same schedule. You're not in the same routine as they are. So it makes zero sense for you to always pander to an audience. I'm not saying you can't go to a barbecue and enjoy yourself. If you want to do it, that's fine. But it's okay to say, no, I'm not going to eat all this. Or I'm going to eat parts of it if I want to. Or it's okay to just like skip it. And it's like understanding that it's respectful because it's respecting yourself. Don't feel like you're disrespecting other people. Like I get it. Like there's some situations like, for example, in my industry, when you have an executive chef presenting you with a bunch of different food to try, like it is rude to be like, no, unless they also understand though, if you have a food allergy or if you have a food sensitivity, so they, they're not going to feel disrespected if you communicate that, which is always a good, even excuse if you want to use it as an excuse. What she's saying is (laughs) lie, you guys, lie your ass off. I have because... It can be a lot sometimes and you're trying to not look rude, but people's perception and people are just don't get it sometimes. So just throwing that out there. Because for some people that can throw your whole week off because you have this all or nothing mentality. So if you eat that, then it it throws you kind of out of whack and then you kind of punt the next day 
or that day. And I don't want that to be the turn for you guys. So you have to really understand, Hey, it's, and we've done a podcast on this too. If your husband or wife isn't on board and maybe your kids, you know, you navigate it the best way you can, but you can always be a grown ass adult and do what works best for you and make something different and eat something different. If you need to, to feel your best, you can't, just do what everyone else is doing and expect to have like some magic results you have to really take a stand here on this. And I, I don't budge on the food stuff. I don't eat things I don't want to eat. I don't do it to please people. I, I, I'm not a fan of that. And if people think I'm an asshole and like, Oh, Jeremy's rude or he's a weird fitness person, that's fine. But I'm not going to mess up how I feel for the next day or two days to make, you know, you feel the other person feel more comfortable. You know, Oh, aunt Amanda is super happy now that I ate her shitty ass spinach lasagna. I'm not doing that. Like I'm gonna do what's best for me. And you guys have to do the same thing. That's just a side note I know. And again, sometimes when you've been putting in the work and been doing it, you want to make those things that you eat that are outside of your, you know, kind of normal routine worth it. And sometimes your friends and your family make crappy food that you don't even like. And so why would you waste it on that? Just my two cents. 100%. I think that's it. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think it was good. Helpful, hopefully, for those of you. Definitely, if you find it helpful, share with a friend, family member. Um, leave us a review, give us feedback. We love to hear it. Yeah. And you just have to really just or audit. if you have additional questions too. Yeah. And just audit yourself as you guys go through it and take time to see like what really works for you. Maybe intermittent fasting is your thing. You know, maybe portion size isn't your thing. Maybe counting calories is your thing. You just have to try a couple of things to know. It's like anything. How do you know if you're you're good at you know piano? Well, you never tried. You never practiced. You never got lessons. Maybe you could be amazing, but you didn't give it enough time. Food is the same way. There's something out there that works for everyone, but there isn't a one size fits all, and there's not like a one you know meal plan or program that's going to work today and work for the next 50 years without any modifications whatsoever. That's not real life. You have to learn about food, what's in it, how it makes you feel, how it makes you perform. And then when you can get to the calories and surpluses or deficits, we can talk about fat loss and building muscle and all those things. But the key is just to do stuff that fits your life and fits your goals and makes you feel a certain way. And that feeling should be good more days than not. So uh, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, obviously, if you drop a five-star, leave a comment, I'd appreciate it. Um, We do have so many free guides that would help you if you guys need them. Like we have a free macro guide we send out all the time. Uh, we have free smoothie guides. Uh, we have like a 54 high protein pack recipe guide. All these things are free. I'll try to throw some of them up uh, on Instagram this week for you. But if you want to message us, I'm happy to shoot them over. They're just great resources to help you understand more about calories, macros, real foods, and give you some healthy ideas um, of how to integrate some of these things into your life that taste really good. And it doesn't make you feel like you're dieting. It doesn't make you feel like you're being restricted. And that's the key is why I say find a lifestyle. You're not finding a a diet to follow for 22 days. We're having you try to build a foundation of skills you can use forever and build off of it. That's the key for everybody. If it's sustainable, it's attainable. If it's not sustainable, all the results you got from doing this little quick fix, you know, bandied on a gunshot wound protocol, they're going to go as soon as you stop doing that again. Mm -hmm. So we want you to find something that you can do healthily for hopefully the next couple of decades. Yeah. And if you are looking to join an accountability group or, you know, challenge yourself with a transformation program and learn more about nutrition and have a nutrition coach, we, we will be doing another online coaching group. It's the 47 day, right? In August after this advanced group ends. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we're going to do the next 47 day. Did I write it down here? 
But that will be the next one uh, this summer, later this summer. I want to say like August the 19th or something is probably... That's July. Hold on. I'm tripping. Sorry, guys. I don't know what month it is. It would probably like August the 16th, I think, is what we have it slotted for. And then again, we go super deep on that stuff. So again, if you guys are interested, obviously hit us up. Um, we'll plug that in and get things uh, rocking and rolling. So as always, we appreciate you guys. Again, the podcast sponsored by my homies at BMCBD, BMTLC.com. The code Jeremy Scott gets you 35% off all subscriptions, 20% off all products. It's the dream product I take to go to sleep every single night to wake up and feel like a badass. And we can send you a couple free packs to try if you hit us up. And then also Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Gets you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. And it's the greens product to take every single day. The best tasting greens on earth. And it's not even close. You can hit us up and Monica will send a pack right to your front door. You can try it on me and be like, man, this dude was for real. And then get hooked up with all the free stuff and you guys can be healthy and happy every single day as you head to train. Um, again, thank you guys. Uh, yes, we, thank you. We appreciate you for listening and sharing and all the awesome stuff. But if you have questions, requests, feel free to send them in. And obviously, always you sharing this with other people. Um, we does really a, appreciate it. Does a lot for us. And so if you guys continue to listen and share it, we'll continue pumping these out and trying to give you as, as much beneficial stuff. Tag us in your posts on social media is just an easy way to share it and get the word out about the podcast. <laughs> yes. And if you're ever in Scottsdale, message us if you can stop by and we're here. We're always happy to see people. People come in here every week now, all the time. And nobody's been super creepy yet. So Yeah, it's been really flattering, really cool. But so. if you're a creep, don't come. We don't want you here. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys as always. Uh, and until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.